the Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K, presented by Tap 14. Analysis and commentary to help you get your Broncos fixed during the offseason. Subscribe on iTunes or Google Play, or listen on demand anytime in the Mile High Sports mobile app. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter, where, wow, for a third straight week, we have an instant reaction post-game podcast of a Broncos win. Denver gets the job done against Cincinnati 24-10. They score 17 points in the second half and uh, kind of rally for that win as uh, Cincinnati was uh, it was a, it was a game for a bit but you kind of felt that Denver it was a game because Denver just wasn't playing well on offense they were absolutely dreadful in the first half and then things really picked up in the second half and of course led by Philip Lindsay 19 carries buck 57 two touchdowns on the ground he is he just continues um this is no surprise this is no surprise to me as I said on this podcast back in July and August this kid has real potential in the NFL, and he is showing that off. So, Broncos, we're going to talk a little playoffs? Playoffs? Could Is that realistic now? Are we seriously talking about that here? Coming up, uh, we will chat about that a little bit, as well as some big, big news that did come from this game in, uh, well, really, news that you don't want to see, but unfortunately, we're going to have to talk about it in the uh, uh, respective injuries. Uh, we'll chat about that coming up, but first, our friends at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. Uh, 70 Colorado beers on tap, 100 Colorado distilled spirits. Big thanks to them. And then, of course, our friends at Bespoke Edge as well, too, BespokeEdge.com. That's BespokeEdge.com. Men's custom clothier, whether maybe it's a holiday party or a, a, a wedding coming up. Maybe it's a wedding next season, or maybe you just need a new wardrobe. Go on over to BespokeEdge.com. Just as you hear it, BespokeEdge.com. That's the website. Gift cards are available for the holiday season, of course, as well, too. So if you want to pick up a gift certificate for your uh, a special someone, uh, be sure to do that at BespokeEdge.com. A lot of good stuff over there. BespokeEdge.com. Uh, so Denver gets the win. They've won thir- uh, three in a row. They are now 6-6. Six and six. Uh, Vance Joseph picks up his first road win on the 11 o'clock start since he became a Denver Broncos head coach. And look, things are starting to turn around all of a sudden. And um, that's certainly going to be a conversation we have towards the end of the season. And, of course, that conversation going to be up on our Twitter page, at Ronnie K Radio. You can follow me at Ronnie K Radio, at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K, radio on Twitter. Have a poll question up. Do you believe the Broncos have a realistic shot at the playoffs after their third win in a row over the Bengals? 76% say yes. And of course, like that's going to be a skewed statistic, right? It's going to be a skewed poll as uh, many Bronco fans on my timeline. But that kind of shows you fans are starting to believe this team was in the cellar at three and six and ready to just about wave the white flag on the bye week. And yet now all of a sudden, well, as the kids say, started from the bottom. Now we're here. Denver is 6-6, and and again, in the hunt 
for a postseason spot. Now, Vance Joseph did say he's not ready to talk playoffs. Post game says uh, that they've won three in a row by winning one at a time, and that's their mentality, and that's what Justin Simmons constantly um, kind of hammered home post game as well too in his comments. As uh, the Broncos, uh, they win their third straight. That's their first uh, three consecutive game win streak since the start of the 2016 season. Uh, I believe they opened four and zero that time. So certainly this is uh, territory that Denver hasn't seen in a while in almost two years. So back to 500 Denver is and a big part of that. And again, one of the keys to the game that I mentioned was uh, prior to the game. Look again, the turnover battle, Denver wins the turnover battle. And when you win the turnover battle and you take care of the football, you good things will happen. Good things will happen. Denver wins 3-1 to one as far as the turnover battle goes. And uh, look, this is just a dreadful game against a bad team uh, for Cincinnati. Um, Cincinnati, three turnovers, 12 penalties for 100 yards. This is a team, uh, Jeff Driscoll, of course, the backup, is just doing what he can. Uh, five for 13 on third down goes Cincinnati. But look, with the backup quarterback, you just didn't think they were going to score 10 uh, uh, you know, into the the seventeen twenty range, and I don't think anybody expected a potential, um, you know, big offensive day from the Bengals. Although maybe you could you could argue that there was a little bit of a you know a potential shootout. Uh, in this game, but look, it was a, it was a bad offense as we, as most of us expected and Denver gets the win, uh, scoring 24. And of course on the back of the running game, look, that run game was just tremendous. And again, again, you know, and I know he finishes with 19 carries here, but I just don't understand. Uh, there were points in the second quarter when Philip Lindsay was averaging five, six, seven yards per carry. And there was one point, I believe it was where Case Keenum was 5 for 13, averaging three yards a pass. And yet, Philip Lindsay at the time only had about six carries. It, it's, it's imperative that this Broncos coaching staff gets it in their mind that Philip Lindsay, pretty darn good running back, use him. Utilize him. Because he is winning you games. And Denver... If they want to continue this, they have to do it on the ground. Because look, uh, everybody wants to talk about Case Keenum. And again, did not throw an interception. And that's great. But he's also not really playing great quarterback. All right. He's not playing very good quarterback play. This is a guy who's extremely conservative right now. This is a guy who is, um, even on his home run balls that he threw to Cortland Sutton, of course, the one that was caught on the near sideline when it comes to the TV broadcast, uh, it, it was severely underthrown. And, and, and it's funny because it almost, uh, as the announcer kind of put, it almost kind of looked like a back shoulder throw, even though it clearly wasn't, um, because it was it was just severely underthrown. It was underthrown by a solid 10 yards. So this is a guy who is is not putting up great quarterback play, but he's not turning the ball over. And I, I guess you can call that acceptable for a team built like Denver who plays good defense, who can get after the passer, and then, of course, at this point, can run the football really, really well. I want to give love to the offensive line because the offensive line has not been getting a ton of love from many people that I am hearing. 
and gosh, you should. Because this offensive line, for whatever the reason, and I can't explain it. You know, I, I'm, I, as a sports broadcaster, am supposed to give you all the answers and this, that, that. No, I'm going to tell you the truth. And the truth is, I can't explain this. I really don't get it. I don't know how they are so successful, even after battling some of the more devastating injuries on the team. Ron Leary was their best offensive lineman gone for the season. Matt Paradis was their second best offensive lineman gone for the season. Max Garcia, the replacement for Ron Leary, gone for the season. And yet Elijah Wilkinson, who I pointed out in training camp, I pointed out in training camp, this Elijah Wilkinson kid, they like him a lot. Him, Billy Turner, McGovern, and how about that Garrett Bowles? Not too shabby over there at left tackle. Nobody talking about Garrett Bowles anymore as far as holding penalties or just just awful turnstile play. This offensive line has taken a turn, and it is huge for Denver. Huge. It is a big part of their turnaround. I talked about it on the radio show prior this week. By the way, you can catch that radio show on Mile High Sports Radio, AM 1340, 11 a.m. to noon. Selfish plug. But I told you guys that offensive line is the unsung hero of this run because they are controlling the trenches. And because of that, Philip Lindsay is averaging six, seven, eight yards. Outrageous numbers. No running back should be averaging seven yards per carry, but yet Philip Lindsay is often in games where he has 10 plus carries. In that realm, it's absurd. And the offensive line is a big part of that. So big ups to the offensive line. And on our Twitter feed, or on my Twitter feed, at Ronnie K Radio is where you can uh, essentially uh, react. Get your instant reaction on what you're feeling about this Denver Broncos team. Who impressed you? Uh, we'll get some responses here. TD392420, a lot of numbers in your timeline. That must be a bot. Uh, Chubb, says Bradley Chubb. Obviously was watching the game. Bradley Chubb looking good. Uh, Diamond Rattler. Diamond's a regular in this podcast. Lindsey, Sutton, and Chubb. Look, uh, I want to touch on Sutton really quick, and then we'll get to Bradley Chubb. Uh, Why? I've been screaming about this since preseason. Why don't the Broncos just throw the ball up to Cortland Sutton? This is a playmaker. This kid can go up and get the ball, but more importantly, adjust to the ball thrown. Because again, I highlighted it earlier. A couple of those passes by Case Keenum on those deep balls, they were not good. And Sutton is so good at it kind of like contorting his body to where he can... uh, He he has a very good feel of um, targeting... And attacking the ball, which is which is a great skill set to have as a big wide receiver, because we've seen big wide receivers, Demarius Thomas, who weren't as skilled in that kind of attack aggressively go after the ball. Sutton has that natural ability, and he knows how to contort his body and box out. You know, almost like a almost like a basketball player grabbing a rebound. He knows how to essentially use his body as a shield to get the defender away to target the ball at its highest point. And it's so refreshing. It's just it needs to be utilized. Do it more. 
It's not difficult. Then again, we keep telling them week after week after week to run the ball, and where has that gotten us? So this is a Denver team that gets the win, 24-10, and of course, the uh, podcast presented by Bespoke Edge. Love our friends at Bespoke Edge. BespokeEdge.com, award-winning men's custom clothier. Best men's boutique, not once, twice. Not once, twice. Kind of like LeBron. They're going for a three-peat. Um, go check them out at BespokeEdge.com. A lot of great stuff. You know, if you're like me and you have no idea color combinations, what what suit goes with what color tie and what undershirt I'm supposed to use, and, and I, I don't know any of that. That's why I go to these guys at BespokeEdge.com. Love the great stuff that they have. Of course, be sure to check them out. Men's Custom Clothier, great, great stuff over there. Award winner in the 5280 Magazine Top of the Town vote. That's your vote, by the way. So be sure to check them out, BespokeEdge.com. So Denver gets the win. More reaction on the Twitter feed. Uh, Casey says, C.E. Miller, I should say, Casey, uh, says Philip Lindsay was the spark plug that gave the offense energy all day. They obviously wanted to get him more involved today, and he took advantage of those touches. 19 carries, of course. Realistic, yes. Not sure I want them to make it, though, says Kevin, and that's a response to the poll question that I have up right now that, of course, is changing real time as I podcast. 62% of you say, yes, you believe the Broncos have a realistic shot at the postseason. Uh, And when I say the postseason, I mean the playoffs. Playoffs. That's this year. Yes, that would be the same 3-6 and six Broncos that you saw three weeks ago lose to the Houston Texans, go on a bye, and very much think that their season was over. And yet, here we are. Back in the mix are those Denver Broncos. Those scrappy Denver Broncos. Back in the mix, in the mix realistically. Let's talk about the playoff situation. Because the, the playoff situation is ever-changing week by week by week. But certainly, Denver, again... In the hunt. Here's the biggest problem with Denver. Is they lose just about every tiebreaker they have. Okay, It's it's not great. Okay, You're really looking at two teams that you really need to lose. If you're the Denver Broncos and the Broncos fans. Okay, the And it's actually unfortunate. Because one of those teams has already won this Sunday. And that would be the Baltimore Ravens. Who took out the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are a complete disaster. The Falcons, uh, or excuse me, the Ravens, the other birds... They go to seven and five. They hold the number six seed. Okay, uh, Denver at six and six, still in the hunt. They need a lot of help though. Now, if Denver was to win out, they will finish ten and six, and very much potentially could steal that final spot away from the Chargers, who are currently eight and three. Chargers have a very difficult schedule ahead of them, and of course, Denver plays L.A. in the final game of the season. Now, that game may not matter if Denver trips up somewhere in between or if their opponents just keep winning. Miami is the number seven seed at a tied six and six, and so is Indianapolis at a tied six and six, and it was actually a big, big game for Denver to kind of scoreboard watch. It's funny because we aren't really kind of talking about scoreboard watching yet, but Uh, Well, you know, it's what we do anyways. Uh, The Indianapolis Colts, they are shut out. They lose 6-0 to 
to the Jacksonville Jaguars and Indy now still in that mix as well too. So there there is going to be a lot of shuffling and movement, but of course Indy wins the tiebreaker over Denver based on best win percentage in conference games. And uh, while they are only one game back, Denver remains under 500 in the conference when it comes to the AFC at four and five. So Denver still has a lot of, make, of, of ground to make up, but they are in the hunt. And I think if you're a Broncos fan... That's all you can ask for right now compared to a season that we all thought was just a complete loss. Now, there are many that'll argue on Twitter, you know, Mr. Lose All the Games vibe to to get a better draft pick and move forward and, and plan for the future. And that may be the case. But I think the big thing here is the the big the big dynamic that looms over all this is Vance Joseph's job is the fact that if this team played poorly moving towards the end of the season, Vance Joseph was going to lose his job. This is now an interesting dynamic that comes into the fold, is this team is obviously still playing hard. They were still playing hard at 3-6, and six, and yet now at 6-6, six and six, they have an opportunity to not only finish far better than what they finished last year, they have an opportunity to finish at 500, and they also have an opportunity to potentially slightly, again, the door is just slimly cracked, just barely, but it is cracked open. And it's probably cracked open with a little small part because of Vance Joseph's leadership through all this. So credit Vance Joseph, because I know everybody wants to bash him, and I get it, he hasn't been a great coach even in some of the wins. But still, these guys are playing hard for him. And that that matters. That matters because when players give up on coaching, that's generally when you see the coach axed. But John Elway said, you know what? We're just going to let him play out the season because the players haven't quit. And look all of a sudden. You get a big win against the Chargers. You get a big win against the Steelers, and now you have a cupcake schedule coming up. San Francisco, Cleveland, these are these are winnable games coming down the stretch. Cincinnati, Sands, Andy Dalton, that was a gimme. And all of a sudden, here come those Broncos at 6-6, six and six, winners of three straight. So, interesting conversation on our Twitter. If you want to jump in, at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K, radio on Twitter. And then, of course, be sure to go check out our friends over there at Bespoke Edge. Love our friends over there. BespokeEdge.com. That's BespokeEdge.com. Mile High Sports has all our written material, our recaps of the game, analysis, our three up, three down. A lot of great writing from... Uh, uh, our, our great staff over there from Rich Kurtzman to Justin Michaels, TJ McBride, Zach Seegers, Sean Drotar, myself. A lot of great stuff at milehighsports.com. I strongly encourage you to go check it out. So that's about it for the Broncos Blitz podcast. Hey, it's another win. It's another win for the Denver Broncos, and we'll see if they can parlay it. Of course, uh, be sure to check me out on the Twitter and on the radio show, and we'll talk about if they can parlay it into maybe something a little bit more. 2018, it's not done yet. Be sure to go check us out, of course, at MileHighSports.com and Mile High Sports Radio, where this podcast is now a radio show, 11 a.m. to noon on Mile High Sports Radio, AM 1340, FM 1047, streaming live. 
and milehighsports.com. That's where you can find all the archives, discussions, breakdowns, podcasts, and player interviews at milehighsports.com. That's milehighsports.com. See you, y'all.